Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. You know the saying, nobody likes a quitter. Uh, And the prophet Jeremiah wasn't a quitter, but there were days that the poor boy wanted to quit. Read what he lived through over the course of his roughly 40-year ministry, and you'll understand why it is that he wanted to resign. The Lord gave him one of the toughest ministry assignments that probably could ever be dispersed. Family members, friends uh, routinely uh, ridiculed his messages. Um, Folks from his hometown, uh, Anathoth, they plotted to kill him. He was beaten up brutally imprisoned at the bottom of a filthy cistern, can you say sewer? He lived through the siege and destruction of Jerusalem. Near the end of his life, he was he was forced marched to Egypt, where, as best as we can tell, the boy died in exile. No wonder that he was called the weeping prophet. No wonder it's the case that he wanted to quit. We probably need to be embarrassed, I know I would be, uh, to compare my hardships that I have faced as a preacher uh, with those of Jeremiah, the ones that he endured as a prophet of God, one who professed the words of God. My troubles and your troubles in ministry really seem lightweight compared to his woes. Uh, Even so, you know, my troubles have felt, and I'm sure yours have as well, pretty crushing at times. Uh, And like Jeremiah, we are all going to or have had or will have days that we want to call it quits. Maybe you've hit a point in your life where you are tempted uh, to quit. Maybe you've only been in it for so long, but you're tempted to quit in your ministry uh, as a preacher. Or maybe as an elder, you've only been one for a few years and you're already done. You're already tapped out. Where ministry does take a toll on your family. Where it does take a toll on you. As a deacon, you know this, as you... As you devote yourself to the service of the table of the church, um, that comes with sacrifice. Um, you, you get worn down by turmoil at the church. You get worn down by tension at home because of the turmoil at church that you have now uh, found, yourself to, found yourself involved with. Maybe you buy a newspaper. Maybe you open it up. Maybe you look through the, you know, the, the classifieds, you begin looking for painting jobs or working jobs or construction jobs or whatever kind of job, anything that would put bread on the table and take the pressure off of your soul. Now, we may not consider walking away from the faith, obviously, uh, or your family, but maybe you've been ready to walk away from ministry altogether. What I want to do is I want to pray uh, with Jeremiah. And maybe I appreciate Jeremiah's prayer about quitting sometimes more than I should or not as enough as I should. Maybe you you know it well and you know what he said and it, and it rings with your ears. And the prayer is recorded in the 20th chapter uh, of his book of, of Jeremiah. Uh, and it really reads like a verbal resignation letter. Jeremiah pours out his uh, battered soul and body in hot and very angry words. He complains about being pummeled for preaching God's word. And he tells the Lord basically that he's ready to resign. And I suspect many of you as preachers or shepherds or deacons, you have you have all um, prayed a similar prayer of resignation. Now, while at least one recent study has shown that contrary to popular, popular belief, most preachers don't quit, 
many of many of us have days where we feel like quitting and in fact it's a temptation to quit that that itself is a uh, a test of a preacher's heart as an elder's heart as a deacon's heart you know on those blue mondays we feel that we're ready to resign we can uh, steady and strengthen our souls as we read and reread and reread uh, the Psalms. Or we read for this lesson Jeremiah's resignation prayer. Here's how it goes in Jeremiah 27 and 8 O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughing stock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I cry out, I shout, violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. Those are strong words. Honestly, I probably would not have the boldness to speak those words out loud or write them down for other people to read, but the Holy Spirit had Jeremiah uh, record that. Jeremiah essentially accuses God into ministry. And the, and the Hebrew word for deceive means literally to entice or to allure or fool. So Jeremiah is saying God signed him up for service with, without disclosing how hard it would be. I remember I encouraged one particular brother to go to the Memphis School of Preaching. And when he got up there, he said, you lied to me. <laughs> he said, you didn't tell me how hard it was going to be. And of course, I tried to prepare him as much as I could but it's like putting your mouth uh, on a fire hydrant. Get ready. Um, he wasn't happy. Jeremiah wasn't happy. And, and maybe you feel unhappy. Um, you know, um, where violence and destruction. Maybe, you, maybe you're at a congregation that needs to hear um, more sermons on uh, the discipline of the Lord. And you begin to become ridiculed. Um, as Jeremiah said, we've become a laughingstock all the day and that everybody mocks us. Preachers whose hearts are tempted to quit often share Jeremiah's disillusionment uh, with their vocation. I often say sometimes that it's it would have been easier to live in the first century and to be called into preaching by God, hear an audible voice, and to have this um, this put into us uh, than, than it being a vocation. And, and, and sometimes with God... Uh, and with his word, we can feel like that it is more of a calling um, uh, than a vocation. But, but you know, how, how can God expect people who put, who put themselves out there for his sake, how can he expect them to put up with the garbage and the grief that comes with pastoring as elders and shepherding um, or preaching or serving the table as a deacon? So here's the reality. Let's talk about feelings versus facts. Jeremiah's words about being tricked into service were actual, actually accurate pictures of his feelings, but they did not accurately represent the facts. God had not deceived him about how hard his ministry would be, and in fact, God had spelled out things very, very clearly um, when he called Jeremiah into service. He said in verse 19 of chapter 1, They will fight against you. But they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. And and the the word Lord, L-O-R-D, is in all caps, the tetragrammaton, the I am that I am, the covenant maker. Jeremiah, you have this covenant that I will always be with you. I will always deliver you. So Jeremiah would be attacked. He was promised the attack. 
And he, he was promised that ministry would be a fight. As preachers and elders and deacons, we have to acknowledge that God did not camouflage uh, the cost when when we stepped into this vocation, when we stepped into this ministry, when we stepped into this work. We've read Jesus' warning to expect hostility, John 15, 18. Paul's admonition to, to soldier up, 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. Still, there are times that we feel uh, that the cost is more than we can afford to pay. Now, while we don't want to be a quitter at times, like Jeremiah, we want to quit. But quitting isn't an e- isn't as easy as it sounds. Listen to Jeremiah's dilemma as he tries to resign. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, that implies that he would take that stance. He says, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. That's, that, that's chapter 20 and verse 9. So every time Jeremiah decides to stop preaching God's message or has the feeling to do so, a fire starts burning inside of him. He, he cannot extinguish and he cannot smother no matter how hard he tries or how hard he feels. Have you ever gotten up, lit a fire, uh, set your logs just right, and then walked away, but you forgot to open the flue, the uh, the little chute door to let all the smoke go out? <laughs> and so smoke starts billowing into the room. It gets That, that gets your attention pretty hurry, uh, or, or pretty much in a hurry. And as Jeremiah contemplates quitting, his soul becomes a fireplace with the flue shut. No matter how he tries, he cannot smother that fiery passion that burns inside of him. He cannot stay silent for long. And if you preach, if you're an elder, if you're a deacon, you know, you understand Jeremiah's dilemma. God's word is a fire in your bones. Now, like Paul, you find yourself, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel, 1 Corinthians 9, 16. I've said this before, that no, you do not have to preach to be faithful, but I feel like I do. That's just that's just me, my personal opinion. That I just have a hard time sitting still and listening to a sermon because I want to be, I want there to be dialogue. I want to I want to amen and and step up and step into the sermon and, and go toe to toe for the sermon that's being preached to me. So one of the evidences that you and I have as being uh, pricked in our heart and and have this this godly stirred passion. In preaching, in serving as an elder, serving as a deacon, is this unshakable, unquenchable, internal pressure uh, to proclaim God's word and to serve his people, even when you want to quit. The fact that Jeremiah cannot quit um, or, or, or can't seem to quit doesn't stop his lament. I mean, the whole book, Lamentations, was recorded. And as you read the rest of his prayer, you hear him continue to complain about really the lousy treatment that he is receiving. People are whispering behind his back, people watching for him to make a mistake. Uh, verse 10 of chapter 20. All of a sudden, for a brief shining moment, he regains hope that God will deliver him, 11 through 13. So just as quickly as he descends again into a dark place, uh, he he finishes his 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 Jeremiah, if you will, by, by wishing that he had never been born, verses 14 through 18. So we hear his prayer, but we realize that these feelings are not really the facts. And so what we need to do is we need to learn from Jeremiah. What lessons should we learn from Jeremiah's prayer and his desire to quit? Because we all have Blue Mondays. I had one this just, just this past week. Um, I'm recording this today on Tuesday. You're going to hear it uh, tomorrow on Wednesday. But yesterday, 
just for some reason, I woke up and I felt bad. Um, and, and a few episodes ago, we talked about Blue Mondays. For equal high, there's equal low. And, and Sunday was amazing. And I had so many great compliments and so many good things and so many good, um, good, good, good vibes from Sunday. It was very high. And then woke up Monday and it just felt like some sort of uh, spiritual punch in the gut. And I don't know why. And I, and I don't pretend to know. I just, I just know that it was very real. Did I want to quit? No, goodness no. Wasn't even on my mind. Just, just a blue Monday. Uh, went and sat in a sauna for about about 15, 20 minutes and got out and, and felt pretty good the rest of the day. But, but what lessons should we learn from Jeremiah's prayer and his desire to quit? Because there are things to learn from this. Um, are we to conclude that, that really the, the vocation or the, quote, call to preach comes with a fire in our bones that never dies out? Does once a preacher mean always a preacher? Answering these questions, especially for a preacher, uh, feeling Jeremiah's pain and confusion, uh, really requires careful thought and a caring heart. Folks in pastoral ministry as elders or maybe as pulpit ministry as a preacher, you're not always going to remain in... Um, this vocational service, um, but we will live out, you know, the the call to preach in other settings. Um, some some preachers um, step out of the pulpit, and they go to you know preaching schools or seminaries, or they they peel back from the pulpit, but still teach, still vocal. So, all of us with a God-given, God-stirred passion to preach can find hope and help from Jeremiah's example. Um, let me very clearly, uh, the words bold-faced, give you very three biblical truths from Jeremiah's life um, that will encourage you as they have encouraged me uh, as a preacher uh, in the Jeremiah moments, if you will. Number one, God allows preachers to vent their desire to quit in a full-strength, undiluted way. I had an elder growing up. His name was Calvin Renault. He is now in his reward with the Lord. And something that he said as a preacher and as a teacher and as an elder, um, he said, our God has very large shoulders, meaning that the Lord, if you go through the Psalms and look, if you look at Jeremiah's prayer, you look at the prayers of others, the Lord can hear and endure more than we think that he can. Now, this, this is in no way uh, implying that we need to lose sight of our high and holy reverence for God. We are, we, we are though, given freedom to pour out our hearts to God in prayer. Um, we know that we don't go to the Lord in an angry moment. We know that we don't need to go to the Lord um, with loose lips. And we need to be careful when we step into that, that place of holiness before the Lord. I, I, I'm all for that and all about that. But can I convey my thoughts and concerns and my hurt to God? <laughs> Absolutely. He's called Abba for a reason, which implies that I'm his little child. And for me, I, I have stone and he's four. And the times where he's frustrated and he's upset and he's sad, uh, I want to pick him up and put him in my lap and just listen to him. That's what I need to do. And, and thankfully, our Lord through Jesus does that. Had I been asked to edit Jeremiah's prayer <laughs> before it went to the press, 
uh, I would have told him to tone down the rhetoric and uh, let's, let's sanitize the sentiments, if you will. But amazingly, God didn't do that. Here, here's a great consolation for our souls. Our gracious God and Father lets you, lets me as preacher, elder deacon, servant, teacher, whatever, speak honestly about the realities of ministry even when our perspectives get distorted and distorted by pain. So number one, God allows preachers to vent um, their desire to quit or frustrations or whatever in a full-strength, undiluted way. Number two, the passion to preach God's Word is a fire not easily extinguished. Can it be? Yes, but not easily. Even when Jeremiah felt burned by ministry, God's Word still burned in his bones. Even when he determined to stop speaking, uh, as he said, in his name, the fire continued to blaze. His complaints could not smother his conviction. His tears could not douse the godly fire within him. You and I as preachers and elders and deacons, we we live through uh, the truth of Jeremiah's words sometimes. I have felt scorched in ministry, um, ready to move on, ready for another work, ready for a new pattern, uh, a new a new set of operate operations. Maybe you have been ready to stop speaking his name on a public basis. Maybe you've been ready to stop preaching or stop eldering and deaconing. Um, but, you know, the fire has continued to burn. You're still here. You're still listening to this podcast. You're still involved in the Lord's work. Sometimes our passions to preach and to serve have been reduced to embers, but embers are still um, more often blazed than not. Embers are still ember. The rudiment is still there. Even though the flame is not bright, it's still putting off heat. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful for the for God allowing us and calling us into, into preaching through His Word. And I'm thankful that there, there's a fire, that there's a God-given desire that is not in, easily extinguished. Number three, the God who starts us as preachers sustains us as preachers. Though Jeremiah thought he was finished preaching, God was not finished with Jeremiah. When God first called Jeremiah, he made him a promise, not a promise to shield him from trouble, but to support him and to sustain him through that trouble. They will fight against you, the Lord said, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. Over the long, difficult years that followed, God kept his promises. Brothers, God still keeps his promises. Now, while I have not preached as long as Jeremiah, or I have experienced anything approaching his trauma, um, I have known the same grace that sustained him in that ministry. When I have been ready to um, drop the ball, when I have been ready to uh, move on to other things, when you have been ready to move on to other things, God's presence, God's grace, God's mercy, and His sustaining energy is there in His Word. His Word both comforts our souls and toughens our souls at the same time in subtle and sometimes in, in, in very stunning ways. He changed... Um, he changed Jeremiah's situation, and he will change your situation. He can. And, he, and then the seasons where he does not change your situation. What message is he trying to teach you? 
What lessons are, does he want you to learn? What is this? Is this suffering? We've been called to suffering. We know that. But he gives us a support. He renews our hope and our strength. And so I'm, I'm deeply thankful. God listens to our prayers when we feel like quitting, when we feel like laying down. Even more, I'm thankful for his sustaining grace that never quits on us.